All right, how's everybody doing? Okay, Matthew chapter 26 this morning. Love seeing the sign language going on over there. And over the past few months, we've been able to be in some different churches and missions conferences, two of which featured sign language teaching. And um, uh, so um, then a month ago in a church um, that had a, a man in who pastors a deaf church in Columbus, and uh, over a hundred people go there, uh, faithfully serving, blessing to meet with him and his wife. His wife hears he does not. Um, she signs, and uh, she wrote the song "Bury My Heart on the Mission Field." If you've heard that song, his wife wrote that song, and uh, she also wrote a song that is the testimony of how her her husband, um, who's now pastor of that church, came to know the Lord as Savior, and uh, he was there um, getting ready to preach and she signed that song as it played and it was very compelling and that's a language that uh, in the song it just asks will you learn my language so that I can hear how to be saved and so I'm excited to see about that and that's a wonderful opportunity it's just another language of the world that um, can be used if time is taken to learn it to share the gospel so they say we spend four hours, all of us spend four hours per day on average of screen time, whatever that works out to be. Um, experts, not Christian, secular experts say that should really be no more than two hours. So if we limited our screen time to what the experts say, we have an extra two hours if you take that two hours per day times five days per week, we'll give the weekends break, um, times two years, then you will have enough time and away from your screen, as the experts say, you have given yourself enough time to learn one of the hardest languages in all the world, which is Burmese. Not the hardest, but, but the next step down which they say takes 1,100 hours to learn. So if you obey, obey the guidelines of a secular expert who says, yeah, you should, you should limit that time, you end up with two extra hours per day. And this impossibility of getting um, into certain parts of the world because, boy, that's a hard language you turn that time into applying your heart to wisdom and understanding and studying to share yourself approved, that's how close you are. That's how near you are to learning a language, a sign language, a spoken language that opens your ability to reach, who knows, an entire people group of which there are very few Reaching. If the numbers are true, there's only 4,000 independent Baptist missionaries in all of the world right now. Just think of what that extra two hours invested for something that lasts for eternity could do. Just heard a, a missionary to South Korea give a testimony in person a few weeks ago 
And he said that uh, as far as he knows, he's the only independent Baptist missionary in all of Seoul, a city of 22 million people. So if 4% of the world's population live in America and 96% of the world's population lives outside of America, there's a 96% chance that the Lord has something for a lot of people to be doing. But we all have to come to that point that Isaiah came to, right, in Isaiah 6. Sometimes we just got to say, oh, I need to see the Lord again, real, in my life. Stop seeing people all cumbered about with what they're seeing. What did you see what they did? Did you hear what they're talking about? Get that, that just talking about getting walking through quicksand in life, walking through the heavy clay to spend your life embroiled in conversations about them and they and this and that. That's going to be the story of your life. You say, well, Lord might look at you one day and say, I had this for you. Yeah, but I was really up on what the other person was doing across the desk from me. I don't know. I don't know about that. Um, One of the blessings has been, as we travel along, to be able to go to some various places. As you know, I love Baptist history, so we've been taking advantage of our time here to stop along the way. We were out in... uh, San Francisco area uh, at a couple churches and made our way to um, the place where the first Baptist church in California was started, which was in the San Francisco Bay Area in the late 1840s. So if you U.S. history people know, that wasn't the only thing happening in the 1840s, right? So even the football team out there today, San Francisco 49ers, right? So it's talking about the gold rush. So a man had gotten out there, three-month trip to get from the east to San Francisco, started a church, and got great news. A crew of Baptist preachers are on their way to help with this effort in California. He was excited. He was, he was thrilled about this prospect. He later in life was asked to write a history of the Baptist churches in California, several, several couple decades later after he had had a long... Um, service for the Lord there, which in fact the first baptism in all of California, 1849, happened 30 years after the first baptism in Burma. Judson and his wife were there for seven years before one person made that public profession of faith by being baptized. For us, ah, baptism service any Sunday night you want, come and be baptized. For them, come and be baptized and expect to be completely cut off from your family to lose your inheritance, to lose your place in life. That's what a public profession of Christ meant. Our American Christianity has cost so little sometimes, which is why we give so little. Because it costs so little. We can shrug our shoulders at our Bible reading and prayer time. We can show up for a ministry and not even have taken time to pray for the souls that we're going to see or ask the Lord to use us in a special way. We can meander day by day, and nothing changes, and we can get along just fine. But when it costs, then we start to invest our lives and our heart into it. And it cost that man to be baptized. So 30 years later, the first baptism in San Francisco uh, was in the Bay. 
and they sang a hymn, and the hymn that they sang is the hymn that missionary Adoniram Judson wrote to be sung at the first baptism in all of Burma. And so this man said, we're going to sing Judson's hymn in San Francisco as we baptize this first convert here. He was a serious man. Osgood uh, Church <laughs> Wheeler was his name. But the sad part of his testimony of California was this. He said he personally watched 46 men get off of the boat or the, tr- the, the, the path, however they got there, um, under the uh, understanding that they were going to be uh, preachers uh, to help with the need of church planning in California, and instead turned and went into the gold mines, never to come out again in the Lord's work. 46. You think uh, California could use like 300 churches today? I wonder what would happen if those 46 men had just, instead of seeing the gold, seen their Savior and went and followed through on what the Lord had told them to do and started those churches. And then just one every 25 years out of each of those churches, they started another church. Just one every 25 years. Today, there would be 322 Baptist churches in the state of California. So someday, I hate to say it this way, but someday their testimony is going to have to be to the Lord. Yeah, but I saw this gold. I didn't even see the gold. I saw the chance to chase the gold. Isn't the devil good at that? Putting some out, uh, something out there for us to chase? And so, in the meantime, somewhere throughout that state of California, there are, who knows, even maybe more, 300-some cities and towns and inner cities that could have someone caring enough about them to share the gospel, preach the gospel, but instead they lie dormant. And now we joke about California as being, what, the left coast. Well, we back up in history, and we see... Some guys got starry-eyed about the chance to get rich in this world. And the Lord's work got put in the background, never to be seen again. But I saw the gold. Some people might say, well, I would go to the mission field, but languages are too hard. But we just talked about the fact that if we just follow the experts, we have enough time in two years to learn, even a difficult language, but our response would have to be, but I, let me tell you what I saw on my screen instead, Lord, of, uh, of that. I, it was something that was so much more important. I've been there, you've been there. Sometimes you're like, what am I looking for on this screen? What, what am I looking for? What am I looking for? Dead end, really. But I saw the screen We'll talk just for a moment here, and then we'll look at our scripture. But speaking of 4% of the world in America and 96 outside of it, if we would just start on a trip, a uh, geographical trip here in uh, West Africa, and we work across the northern part of Africa from west to east, we'd walk across an area that's pretty dominated by... Islam. And then we get into the Middle East and we find the same. You know it, it's in the news today. 
We continue further into South Asia. We come face to face with the world's most populous country, India, that's dominated by Hinduism. And then we continue further east into Southeast Asia. And the first country we come to is, guess what? You know I'm going to say it, is Myanmar. And then it's neighbors, Thailand, Laos, Cambodia, Vietnam, Malaysia. And we find a world dominated by Buddhism. And then we go north into China. And we might say an area where communism has made atheism a way of life for uh, millions and millions of people. So our trip across that we just did is a trip uh, through what they call the 1040 window, latitude and longitude, and talking about where two-thirds of the world's population lives and 80% of the world's poor people are at. So to go into a country in the 1040 window, there's a few things. One, you're going to be learning a new language. Okay. Really, my prayer for this generation is that they would not see that as a hindrance, but they would see that as a possibility. In the song that uh, Mrs. Crabtree wrote about her husband, who's deaf, he, she asks on his behalf, will you learn my language, speaking of sign language, so that I can see and learn about the Lord? I can't tell you how many millions of boys and girls around the world would love if someone in your worst day in America is better than the best day for 95% of this world's population, your worst day. How many boys and girls, not counting moms and dads, in their heart, would say, will you learn my language so that I can hear about the Lord? What happens to an orphan in Myanmar, 55 million people? Buddhism, the dominant religion, what happens to an orphan? Well, there's a few churches of what we would say like-minded churches that have gone to great expense and pain and difficulty to start an orphanage. And they bring them in, and they find a way to feed them and to care for them 24 hours a day, seven days a week, often past the age of 18, because at that point many of them still have no place to go or anything, no, no line of work to get into. Um, but at least through the age of 18, if they're fortunate enough, they'll be able to get in one of those churches. Otherwise, they'll be sent to a Buddhist monastery where boys and girls alike, they'll shave their head, they'll put the girls in pink, robe the boys in an orange robe and give them a little pouch and every single day of their lives they are sent out on the street with that pouch to beg food from people and the people in the country are taught that part of a way to get to a better stage in their next life is to give to beggars and to give these offerings to the uh, to the uh, temples and so they're lined up in a nice straight line outside of Uh, pagoda after pagoda, shaved head, boys and girls, orphans, just the property of the temple and the monks there to beg their way through life. 
a life that will end with a false hope that there is another life to come, and if you do good, then you have another chance to get a little further up the line in that next life, a lie. And they'll beg their way through this life into an eternity in the lake of fire. Unless some American Baptist high school students and college students say, is it me, Lord? Is it me? And on certainly that answer, is it me, manifests itself with another attitude, and that is, wherever it's at, whatever it is, I'll be ready right now. And my life's going to be a witness right now. Not just a witness and passing out tracks, but my spirit, my attitude with my fellow classmates is going to exemplify the fact that getting along and loving the brethren here is certainly just step one. I mean, we're in America. We're in America. What are we whining about? What, what, what are we whining about? What are we complaining about? What are we sniping with another person about? Who who? got most points on the basketball court? Who, who looked at me how across the... What? Really? Difficult to understand. Many believers around the world that wonder where they're going to meet at next and wonder if they'll be able to meet next, probably if they hear that, they'd be putting their head down, sort of just shaking their head. Hmm. But I saw the gold. But I saw the gold. I don't want to say that one day when faced with looking back on our life. But I, let me tell you about what I saw on my, my screen. I needed that four hours. I know the experts said, too. I needed that four. <sighs> Could have taken that time and unlocked a language that even if just one soul got saved from, they would say, thank you for being willing to be different, even from those around you. Thank you for willing just to obey the Lord and care about the Lord, care about me enough to do that. I can't tell you the orphans that would say, hmm, thank you so much. I have no father have no mother, I have no living relative. And I know the 40 orphans that are at the church that we're going to start at is a drop in the bucket compared to the need. But that's always been the case. The fields have always been white to harvest. And the Lord said, don't say it's four months from now. In fact, the disciples had just come back from town and they found Jesus sitting beside that woman at the well and they came back and he said, don't, don't say it's four months from now. I just showed you that the white harvest field is right here. I've just demonstrated that I've gone into a foreign country of Samaria and found someone that you all 
walked right past and were more interested in the food than in seeing her saved. You walked past that harvest. The harvest isn't age 23. The harvest is around you right now. But our eyes so often are just on that next meal, that next thing, that next game. Who's playing Saturday? What's their batting average? Who got the rookie of the year? Those things are part of our lives sometimes. But lift up your eyes and look on the field. There'll be some in here. I hate to say it. I just... 33 years at Fairhaven Baptist College, there'll be someone here that will have to look back on their life and say, but I saw the gold. I know guys today. I saw, I saw the gold. Or I saw the screen. I saw some sidetrack. What is your life is a question for right now. Soon the question is going to be for all of us, what was it? Because we'll be looking back. We have to make these decisions about places like the 1040 window, Muslims. Do we despise them or do we see them as people that are blinded and need the Lord? People embroiled in cultural Catholicism. Do we speak as much and care as much as their lost souls as we do as of the ills of their false doctrine that they're following. How about Hinduism with all of its millions of hideous-looking gods in the culture that smells different and looks different and feels different and is void of a lot of things that we assume are just a part of our life, and I can't imagine living without them till we remember about our Lord, who said foxes have holes, birds of the air have their nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. So are we greater than our Lord? He was shown gold too, wasn't he? It was one of his first temptations. Do you remember there in, I believe it's Matthew chapter 4, he was shown gold It was a temptation for him, too. He was tempted in all points, like as we are, yet without sin. And so now, let's look briefly here, just for a few minutes, read some verses to you, give a thought, and then we'll close. Matthew 24, 40. This is the most difficult time, humanly speaking, in the Lord's life. This is the hour that he had been telling his disciples would come. Matthew 26, verse 40. He's called a prayer meeting. Matthew 26, 40. I gave you the wrong chapter there, I think. He's called a prayer meeting. He didn't want a big prayer meeting. He just wanted a small group of guys he knew would pray. These guys he could count on. They were his inner circle. And it was the most difficult time in his life. I can count on these guys. Verse 40, and he cometh to the disciples, Peter, James, and John, findeth them asleep, saith unto Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? 
there's not a lot of times in the Bible where the Lord gives us a timestamp on something that could and should and needs to be done, but this is one of them. The very minimum, the very minimum that he thought these still weak disciples would be able to, 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 to handle was one hour of prayer. Just one hour. Just That's the minimum. He's shocked. He's amazed. He's gives them a, wakes them up and explains to them, verse 41, watch and pray. Watch and pray that you enter not in temptation. The spirit's willing, the flesh is weak. He comes back, verse 43, came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. And look at these first four words of verse 44. Can you imagine if the Lord would have to do this to you and I. He saw him sleeping again, and it hit him. Hmm. I guess the very minimum that I expected out of these guys, they're not able to give. And he left them. They had shown that sleep at this most desperate time was more important. And the answer is this. They could not watch with him for one hour. They couldn't. Look at Mark chapter 14. Mark chapter 14, verse 37. And he cometh and findeth them sleeping, and saith unto Peter, Simon, sleepest thou? Couldst thou not watch one hour? Mark 14, 37. Watch and pray that ye enter, lest ye enter into temptation. The spirit truly is ready, but the flesh is weak. In verse 29, Peter had said, I will never be offended in you. I will never be offended. He had a lot of words. He had a lot of things that he'd say in front of other people. But the real work, the spiritual battle that's done in private, he was failing at. Then we turn to, um, well, let me just think about this here in closing. What was happening prior to this failed prayer meeting? Well, I'll say this. James and John were arguing about who was the greatest. This is the Lord's getting ready to be crucified. And James and John and, and others and James and John's uh, mother comes up and can my son sit on, sit on your right hand? And there's this squabbling. Who's the greatest? Who's the greatest? Well, the Lord had to explain to them about this, the one that serves is, is the one that he's interested in. And uh, then, after the, leading up to the crucifixion, Peter denies Christ. And then after the resurrection, Peter goes back to his job of fishing. And then the Lord ascends to heaven. And then 120 people gather together in the upper room and they pray. And where do we find Peter and John after they took those 10 days to pray together? Turn, if you would, to Acts chapter 3. We'll close with this. Acts chapter 3. We have these divided disciples arguing, squabbling, who's the greatest? Peter saw his gold in the fishing boat and went after that. But after they prayed... 
in Acts chapter 1. And the Holy Spirit came down. Here's what we find them doing. Acts 3.1. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple. What does the next word say? At the hour of prayer. Something changed in these men. And when that hour to pray came, they were not going to miss it. And after that, we find Peter and John preaching together and healing people and praising the Lord as a team, not as me against him. How petty, how silly. After they prayed, we find Peter and John together in unity. The dissension and the squabbling between the disciples ended partly because they weren't who they said they were in private. And once they came out of their prayer meeting, awake, alert, and watching, they had love one for another. They had love for the people around them in Jerusalem. And they had love for the lost and dying that were around the entire world. Could you watch and pray? I'll use the Lord's time. One hour? Have you? Will you? It will show. It'll show in how you speak about or don't speak about the people that are in school with you right here. It'll show how you pray and witness to those in your area. And it'll show how you respond if the Lord starts to say, there are 96% of the world's population outside of the borders of America. And there's two-thirds of that population in the 1040 window with different smells and sights and scenes and cultures and languages and living conditions. Have you prayed? Will you pray? Will you pray for an hour? How often will you pray for 60 minutes? I saw the gold. 46 men said in California in 1849. California has paid the price for that. My screen, I've got stuff i got to do. There's a lot of stuff that we use them that are, it's profitable for. But what about the rest? Exchange that for something for eternity? It's a good exchange. How do I get to that place? Will you watch for an hour? Have you? Can you? Can is the answer is yes. Will you? That's our invitation today. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time. We learn from your disciples, Lord. Their spirits were willing, but Lord, they needed to simply get serious about this matter of prayer. Peter's eyes got off of his fish, his gold, and boy, did he ever live his life for you and died for you as a result. Lord, from our school, you know my heart. I pray there'd be some men that go to California, not for the gold, but to serve you, follow you, start churches, 
see people saved and reached. I pray from this group there will be faithful men and ladies that will be even willing to go overseas to cultures and places that millions of people walk through each day and around but are on their way to a lost and dying hell. We understand, Lord, that that starts with being serious about what people can't see. And we need to be honest about our one hour, the starting point, our one hour of times with you. I pray from those times you would put a burning in the hearts of the majority, if not all, of the young people in this room. Help them to be willing to invest that time and to walk differently, even if sometimes they walk alone. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.